<laughs> Hello, today we have a special guest on Arash's World, and it's Halima Yates, and she is an author, a transformation speaker, and mindset coach. And I'm very happy and very pleased to have her on, on our show. And um, hi, Halima. Hi, Arash. Thank you for having me on your show. You're very welcome. And I'd like to start off, and which I do to, uh, to every guest, to just present yourself in any way you see fit. How would you describe <laughs> yourself? Anything oh, wow. that comes to mind. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many ways to describe myself. Um, well, uh, I guess I am um, a person or a being who's just trying to figure out my way around this life <laughs> and um, just live it the best way that I can. And uh, to do that, um, you know, I do multiple things. I, I think about what makes me happy and, you know, I always participate in that. But um, one of the things that is near and dear to me that I love so much is my company. Uh, it's called Love Mark. And what it is, is it's um, a coaching company where it is about guiding us to be able to value ourselves and value other people as well. So um, there's a few things that happen. I'll do um, workshops, which deal with uh, social, emotional, and mental wellness. So it's all about self-empowerment. And then I also do diversity, equity, inclusion training. And with that, it's so we can be able to have these humanizing perceptions of each other. So we can create spaces that are inclusive, um, fair, equitable, and safe, you know, any, anything that we can do to make sure that we're being civil to each other. So yeah, so my, my company, Love Mark, means everything to me. And that's also how I started and you know just finished writing my book actually from my company so. i was gonna get to that so your book <laughs> is dissolving the anchor on tethering dysphoria and self-doubt to create an empowered life that is quite a lot there and um yeah. um quite fascinating title there's like so much in there and um um it is dealing with uh, a lot of things that people are going through and and just like looking through the the topics you talk about also with your company is um, um, I see like many people myself included reflected in that so we're in a state where um, we don't really love each other we don't love ourselves we we are constantly uh, uh, under stress, under attack. Some of it, of course, is happening and that's outside of our control, but some of it is within our control. So, and one of the things I, I love is just transformation. I mean, for me, it's the, the, the metaphor of a Phoenix rising out of the ashes is something that I've been always like fascinated with. And so um, let's just uh, briefly talk about your, your, your book. And I do want to get to your, to your company as well. I think that is an amazing thing too. But starting off with the uh, book, um, what is your main idea here? How would you um, just kind of briefly explain what your book is about and um, how you are boarding these issues? What are you suggesting? What are some tips uh, that you would have? Yeah, so Dissolving the Anchor, it, it's a part memoir, but it's also a part self-help guide. So I use intense narrative and poetry, as well as gorgeous illustrations that I commissioned from artists worldwide to give a real and raw look into the factors that developed my loneliness, my um, negative self-image, my low self-esteem, and how that then drove me into substance use, um, self-harm, and then also suicidal ideation. And then I share how like the transformation of healing is more complex than you may think. It's not like once, you know, you know that your life is in a, a bad place and you want to get better, it just automatically you're, you snap your fingers and it's better. It's, it doesn't really work like that. It's more complex than that. So I share um, the struggle of and the progress and the setbacks of finally being able to 
shift my mindset and be able to value myself and be able to heal from, you know, certain traumatic events and, and just and be able to handle current events as well that are painful and then be able to intentionally make choices that are going to allow me to create the kind of life that I want to live. That's my choice and by my standards. And so I, I wrote this book because I wanted to make sure that I could provide any type of guidance as I'm sharing my experiences and providing advice that people can be able to be aware of their ability to manage and overcome adversities, be able to emotionally heal and be able to know what they have within them to be able to uh, create the kind of life that they wanna live as well. So I just wanted to do what I can to be as effective as possible for people to realize what it's like to be in the depth of the pain that you can be in and then what it's like to get out of that. So that's what I wanted to provide with this book. And one of the things I, I, I really like is that you are also focusing on the past and how the past is influencing our present and then into the future. And so I think that's a, a very important point because uh, that's one thing that we're influenced by the past. And the other thing that you mentioned is it takes work. It's not something that you can reach overnight or I have a session and there you go. Uh, we, we like to have things go fast in our society, in our culture, but it's not like that. But yeah. the good thing about the past is no matter what kind of experiences you've gone through, and um, I've gone through negative experiences myself, but you have the chance to really grow from them. And it's in a way, it's a blessing in disguise. I mean, it's, it's, it's a horrible thing that we go through. But then once we learn to, to harness it, manage it and um, um, overcome it to transform oneself, it is actually extremely beneficial. Would you agree with, with that statement? Oh, wholeheartedly. I, it's so important to be aware of what has, sh you know, shaped your beliefs and, and brought on the pain that you have, because once you're aware of what experiences have, hap have happened, or once you're aware of what lessons you learned that taught you that you don't matter or you're not enough or whatever it is that's created your devaluing views or just self-defeating beliefs and behavior, when you are aware of anything that is tearing you down and that's caused your anchor, then you're able to know what areas in your life you need to resolve. You're able to be like, okay, this happened to me. This is what I learned. Um, this is what I've experienced. And so this is what I'm learning from that. What can I do to prevent it from happening again or to make sure that I'm um, gonna handle the situation, similar situations better or more rationally next time or just whatever you can to use what you've been through to help you grow but also know what's hurt you or what's caused these beliefs that you have. So you can't let them continuously, subconsciously and unconsciously control your current life. Because if you're not aware of what's caused these views or, or your pain, you're gonna keep on reacting to life in a certain way, making decisions in a certain way that are gonna be creating certain experiences in your life that are favorable or unfavorable. So it's important to know what's developed these views that you have and, and how it's shaping, shaping to who you are and how it's affecting your current life. And the key word is unconscious, and I, I completely agree with you. And that's just like uh, in the past, like few years that I've taken the unconscious more seriously because um, before, you know, you hear it's like, yeah, it doesn't exist, or, or in cognitive thinking, cognitive behavioral therapy, CBT, they talk on just like change your thoughts and so on. And that's not true because you're not getting deep into the problem, the recesses, and what's really, the, what's the root of the problem. And many times it's our childhood, our childhood experiences. And that's when we're vulnerable. And then it forms and shapes our worldview. And we have to bring that to light to be able to transcend it. And a lot of people don't do it. And I think that's why we see very 
immature behavior from people. And I'm thinking like you might be 30 or 40 or 50, but your maturity level is, is, is way below that. And I look my son who's 12 and I see he's more mature than a lot of adults I see on television, on the streets talking and so on. So I think it's, it's really like um, one thing is realizing that, but also the importance of emotions and letting your emotions come out and dealing with them and processing them. The only emotions we see um, currently, or one of the few ones, is anger, and that is not helpful at all. Yeah, there's a couple things you said. So definitely we have to get to the root of what has caused us to be where we are today. You can go ahead and say like, oh, I, I'm not feeling good, but let me just tell myself I'm happy, or I don't like the way I look, but let me just look in the mirror and say I'm beautiful. You actually have to understand what caused you to think that to begin with, so you can truly and legitimately be able to free yourself from having those negative views and thoughts so they won't continue to control your present life. So you definitely need to know the root of the issue so you can resolve that um, and accept anything that's tearing you down as truth and don't have that be your reality. Um, and then the other thing you're mentioning about emotions. Yeah, for whatever reason, it's like the emotion that's being expressed more that may be more accepted and not viewed as weak is, is having anger. But where does that anger come from? It comes from hurt as well. So I think it's it's interesting how we're expressing this anger instead of allowing, okay, I go through a lot of different emotions. I'm a human being. So there's emotions that I'm going to be having in life and allow yourself to feel them because if you don't, it's going to just be suppressed and just be within you. And it's going to be building and building until then it bursts and it comes out as anger. So yeah, I think it's important to go through the emotions that you have. They're natural. They're, you're a human being and uh, be able to heal from being able to allow yourself to have those emotions. Mm -hmm. and, and I think if, if you're truly happy, you are not angry. I mean, those two states, I don't think they go together. And that's part of a brain that's like engaged in it. If you're happy, then it's hard to make a person angry. And oh, yeah. so, so, and I think that's it. And in, in a lot of ways, uh, when you see like a lot of hatred and people saying these horrible things, I feel bad and sorry for them because I know they actually hate themselves and they just don't realize it or they don't want to realize it. And it's like the solution is, is difficult, but it's definitely worthwhile. And we're investing in so many other things and uh, not in what is most essential here ourselves, our mm -hmm. mental health, our emotional health and so on. So how can, yeah. we, uh, how can we do the mind shift of getting people to really take care of themselves and really um, try to look for um, becoming happier? How can we how can we do that? Because the, the happiness we're looking, people are looking for is mostly superficial and it doesn't actually provide much happiness. Yeah, when you mention the superficial part, I mean, you can be thinking, oh, I don't like the way that I look. So let me just um, get plastic surgery or let me wear a lot of makeup or let me wear certain clothes or whatever you can do to change your external appearance. And, and then that can make you feel good temporarily. But for the most part, it's about being able to look in the mirror and be able to say, you know what, I'm going to change how I see myself, not necessarily what I see. Um, so depends on what's bringing on your unhappiness, you know, so that was just, you know, one example, but I think it's being aware that you're unhappy. And when you're aware that you're unhappy, then you can start to reflect and dig in deep and understand where that unhappiness is coming from. And, you know, as we've been talking about, like most of it comes from your childhood. What did you go through when you were growing up? What did you hear? What did you see? What was your environment like? What did you learn in school? How did kids treat you in school? What, did, what were teachers like in school? 
what did, what did you learn from religion? What do you see on television? Um, what's going on on social media? So, I mean, there's just so much that has happened in our childhood that continues to carry on over into our adulthood that we need to be aware of what messages are we seeing every day that are that are hurting us, that are hurting the way we see ourselves, hurting the way we feel about life, the way we feel about certain situations, our relationships with other people. So we just need to be aware of what is going on. And once we're aware of that, we can look at, okay, if this is what's hurting me, what can I do to feel better about it? What can I do to realize, okay, what has happened, I did not like, and it hurt me, and it's making me make certain decisions in life that, are, that continue to not be beneficial for me. So what can I do from that? And one of the ways to emotionally heal is to be able to learn from the experiences that you've had, but forgiveness is huge. You got to be able to um, look at the experiences that you've been through and forgive the people that were involved and forgive yourself, forgive the things that you have done because you were lost or just clueless or you just were hurting or you were angry and be able to forgive yourself for all of that to release holding on to that pain, release holding on to that guilt. And, and it's not to say whatever you did or what everyone else did is okay. It's not to say that I'm going to forgive this and, and that means that I'm agreeing to what happened. It's, it's to forgive so you can let go of the toxic hold that it's having on your spirit in your present life. So yeah, forgiveness is huge to release all of that from being a part of your current life and um, being able to learn from it and, and unaccepting anything that's teaching you that you don't matter or anything that's tearing you down as truth, unaccepted as truth. And uh, everything is toxic around us too. And our, even our thoughts can be toxic and negativity is all around us. And uh, I, I've, I found like when you let go of negativity, it's, it's so liberating. When you forgive yeah. yourself, it's so liberating and it's hard to do, but at the same time, it's also easy to do. And you just have to take that approach and like wholeheartedly and decide, I'm going to be honest with myself and I'm going to forgive myself. I'm going to love myself. And then when the shift happens, um, things change. Now, one of the things that's uh, going around and I was part of it too, is actually two things being trying to be a perfectionist, which oh, yeah. is again, <laughs> And no, no, but I always thought, and this is like society tells us, oh, yes, you got to work hard, study hard, do this, do this, and so on. And the other thing is um, imposter syndrome, where you just constantly feel this is the perfect image and I am not there, or I'm pretending to be perfect, but I'm not perfect. And, and that just causes a lot of trauma and negativity in one's life. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't even know what to add to everything you just said. I mean, that it's just so true. And and I think it's just important to be aware of how much we are giving power to that negativity. So yeah, there are things that are going on in life that that are hurtful, that are stressful, that are just in, you know, just it's a lot. And there are things that we in an eternal dialogue that we have that can just be really tough on us and just be just tearing us down and just making us feel the worst. So being aware of that negativity so you can allow yourself to notice it and be like, okay, this is where it comes into where you can shift your mindset because now you're allowing yourself to heal from things that you've experienced and learned. And now you're ready to be able to consciously be aware of the negative things around you and the negative thoughts that you're having so you can make the changes that you need that are necessary. So if there's certain things in your external environment that are negative, lessen your time around that. If it's certain people, if it's getting on social media and that's tearing you down, don't get on social media that much or visit the pages that are that are more uplifting or just get on there to contact, you know, people who are who are good for you. Um, and then when it comes to your internal dialogue, if you're just 
thing, the, the worst horrible things that you can say to yourself, be aware of what you're constantly telling yourself, because what you tell yourself, you're going to keep on acting in that way. You're, you're what we believe our actions are going to reflect that. So if you keep on telling yourself that you're not good at this or you're horrible at that, then how are you ever going to be good at it? And then when you're mentioning being a perfectionist, I mean, that's another way of trying to prove to yourself that you can do this and you're great and you're, you know, everything's okay. Or, you know, there's certain reasons that we have for why we feel like we need to be perfect. But honestly, why do you want to be perfect? How great is that? Like, how fun is that? <laughs> so exactly. Just, and it's not attainable. So <laughs> yeah, just be real. <laughs> it, it really like, uh, it, sink, it, it, would, it um, did sink in when I was watching a, a documentary on Orson Welles and how he's a perfectionist and he took many years and he never finished the movie. And I'm thinking, you didn't do anything, you know, just because like procrastinating and delaying things to make it as perfect as possible is a sign of insecurity. And so um, that is important to acknowledge. And once you acknowledge like, okay, this is the best I can do under the circumstances and I'm just gonna put it out. I'm gonna be vulnerable. And here I am, weaknesses and everything because I'm human as well. And, but this is the best I can do and appreciate it or not, it shouldn't matter. Mm -hmm. You know, this is, this came from my heart. This is honest. This is what I worked hard for. And there you go. And so I think, but we're holding back, we're um, censoring ourselves, we are criticizing ourselves. The inner critic is, is probably the worst person in the world mm -hmm. because the way we treat ourselves in many cases, and again, from personal experience, it's just terrible. You would never do that to a friend or a loved right. one. So why do it to yourself? And, and when you don't have a good relationship with yourself, how do you expect to have a good relationship with others? Yeah. That's the dilemma here. Yeah. Oh gosh. I just love everything you said. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, that inner critic is something else, but you know, it's, it's also, it's been developed from things that you've experienced and things that you heard other people say. And then that now has become your belief. Like you absorbed it. And now it's become the words that you now speak to yourself. Um, not that everything that your inner critic is saying is things that you've heard other people say, but a lot of it developed from that. Like, you know, what do certain people say to you? And then um, did you not succeed at something? And now you think you can't ever succeed. So it's just certain things that develop that inner critic over time and it just can get worse. So it's about being aware of what is your inner critic telling you so you can stop listening to your inner critic and then embrace your inner advocate more. Um, th there are definitely ways to be able to do that. And all of it comes from awareness. You have to be aware of what you're thinking and, and how it's just, it can be destroying you. Like, let's be real. Like if your inner critic is saying certain things, how is that impacting your life to, to do anything that's making you happy or to build healthy relationships or to do things that is what you really wanna do in life? And I, I just think it's important to just be aware of a lot of what you were saying earlier too about um, trying to make things perfect. Are we doing that also because of our insecurities, but is it because we are caring so much about what other people think and we're allowing that to prevent us from putting out something that is great. And like you said, just be vulnerable and be like, you know what, this is me. This is what, this is from my heart. Take it or leave it. That is beautiful. We, we need to be able to accept us for who we are and, and where we're at, whatever stage we are in our life. So whatever it is that you're working on, if you're creating something, it's not, you don't have to worry about making it perfect. Just make it the best that you can and let it out there into the world.
exactly. And 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 uh, what I love about uh, your book, you're saying that it's a, it's a memoir, and it's you're a poet yourself. At the same time, it's a, a self help book, and you're also combining uh, your advice with like with your personal experiences. And that kind of connection, I think, is very powerful, and uh, I really appreciate that because I think there are uh, many people I see talking. And I don't feel any resonance. I don't feel the passion that you have, the enthusiasm, the energy, um, because it's it's not really coming from the depth of their soul. And um, when when you do it, it's it's so much more. I mean, I've heard psychologists talk, and you have positive psychology. Okay, think positive, and it's going to help you. And I say, like, no, it's like it's not doing anything to me because you haven't gone through that experience. You don't know the the psychologists there. But in in when you have that personal connection, I think it adds so much more to it, and you become so much more credible for others because you say, yes, I've been through this. I know what it feels like. Uh, the the worst is when you have um, people advising you how to parent and they're not they never had any kids themselves and I just say like how how do you know and a lot of things I'm experiencing myself through this so it's it's really like when being authentic and really embodying what you're saying and living it and um, we don't see that enough with even with like uh, coaches or experts and so on. But uh, um, I, I like what you're doing. You are a, cre a creative person. And I, I can tell already, even though, again, uh, I don't have that much information, but just the way you're approaching things, I think we need uh, more creativity, more unique approaches like yours. Well, thank you. You know, when I wrote this book, I, I did wonder about that, you know, the imposter syndrome thing. Like, I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not a therapist. Like, it made me feel like, well, who's going to read this book when... I'm not coming from like a clinical perspective or anything like that. And, and I had to realize, you know what, this is still real because it's what I've been through. This is my experience. And so I know what it's like to be in a certain place and to do all that is necessary to get yourself out of that. And then what to do when you get, when you slip back into that again and what it's like and how to, you know, just get yourself back into who you truly are and, and being able to find your happiness and your peace again. So I had to be allow myself to be vulnerable and real so people can understand not just what I was going through, but be able to realize what people can go through and what your loved ones may be going through or be able to relate to you if you're going through this too. So you can realize that I'm coming from a place of like, true like, like it's my heart like it's it's everything that I truly went through and I mean obviously it's not everything and that book would be a lot longer but you know I just wanted to express certain things so people can understand what it's like to be there and then that it's possible to be able to find your peace and, and have some happiness and feel fulfilled. And I can totally relate to that because I'm not a psychologist. I've, I've studied it. I've read about it. I've experienced it, but I'm not. And so uh, and sometimes I, I feel like people might say, OK, well, you're you we are not a licensed psychologist. So why do you give me advice? And then I think now, actually, you know what? I find that liberating because I'm not bound by anything. I can say whatever I want. And, <laughs> and, uh, and so in, in a sense, it's like, I have the freedom. Yes, I'm an imposter. So what, you know, <laughs> and it's, it's, it's that kind of attitude where you say, if, if it helps you take it, you know, if yeah. I offer you a hand and it's working for you do, if it doesn't, and you, you have to look at those credentials and uh, to make sure that the person is fine for you, that's okay. But, I think people need to be also a bit more open-minded and accepting 
people's experience, passion, and so on. And we see that at universities now, because before it used to be just grades, but now we're looking at, okay, engagement, community engagement, volunteer work, passion, interest. And so I, I think that's very important because it's not just one thing. We have to be open to, to, to other things as well when you're, when you're looking at a person. It's not just, you know, just their job or the profession. It's like, what, what else goes around? And I've seen psychologists who are wonderful and I've seen some who are not good. And I would say, don't follow their advice. You know, so it's, <laughs> it's really like case by case and, and give people a chance though. If they are not accredited, if they don't come from a specific university, it doesn't mean that they're not good. Just, you know, hear them out. And I'm again talking about myself mostly, but <laughs> I think that's that's quite important. And that shift is happening a little bit, I feel mm -hmm. like we are going in the right direction and in terms of uh, um, our society, in terms of education. There is more focus on uh, creating things like the creative aspect. I think creativity is huge. Yeah. And um, you see like uh, CEOs talking about creativity, think outside the box, but then when they go ahead, they just do the same thing the old way. Let's have our nine to five jobs in the office and so on. And where is the creativity? They just follow the same way and be open to that. Take a risk, you know, be vulnerable, take a chance and things yeah. will get much better that way, I think. Yeah, definitely. I, I have noticed with a lot of the companies that have hired me to do workshops with their employees, um, they are trying to see what they can do to make sure that they're making that shift to be more of um, being there for their employees and realize what, what is it that they need instead of always coming from a place of, well, this is what you're going to do. This is the time. This is the salary. Like it's, you have no say, you know, like they're trying to figure out like what they can do to be a little bit more flexible so they can be more of like an empathic leader basically. Mm -hmm. um, but also I, I did wanna share that a lot of the things that I, the tools that I provide, the guidance that I provide, it's not where I'm telling people how they have to be or what they need to do. It's about getting to have you understand what's going on in your life and what you can cover to make sure you know what areas that you need to resolve in your life and what works for you. So I provide methods that allow you to be aware of what you have within you to save yourself. Mm -hmm, exactly. And uh, it's, it's, it's really hard to generalize and say, this is one formula that will work yeah. for everyone. And we just see like, you know, it might work, it might not, but, but it worked for me, you know, and, yeah. and I am the proof and evidence that it did. And then uh, people can be inspired by that. And I think that is also making a good leader where you're like, you just, you're open, you share, you're authentic. And then you say, you can follow me if you want, but you don't have to, you know, that kind of choice. And, uh, and that is something that is, that is again, also shifting and um, uh, big changes here. Now you mentioned anchors. Uh, um, so uh, what do you exactly mean by anchor? I'm, I'm not so, so clear on that. Oh, yeah, sure. So anchor, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because a lot of people ask me, okay, dissolving the anchor, what's the anchor? Oh, yes. um, so for, for myself, why I call it the anchor is it's anything that is holding you back from being able to love yourself, being able to be your true self, being able to be happy, anything that is preventing you from living a life that makes you happy, living a life that you truly want to live the way you want to live it. It's by your choice and it's by your standards. So the anchor is what's holding you back. And to dissolve the anchor is acknowledge what shaped it to begin with. So it's what we've been talking about earlier is realizing, you know, what did you experience with your family, friends, 
at, at school? Um, what did you learn from the media? Um, just, you know, there's so many different factors that, that shape our views and that shape our way of thinking um, that are either, you know, going to be damaging or they're going to be constructive. Mm -hmm. So it's about realizing what has been damaging that's created this anchor that's preventing you from moving forward in life so you can know how to dissolve it. Mm -hmm. But there are some anchors that are uh, important and necessary. So if, if I if I look at that, because I, 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 I like freedom, but at the same mm -hmm. time, I think there are certain obligations we have, uh, um, social and, and other obligations with others. So for example, an anchor for me was my education when I was younger. And so that was the priority. I guess anchor, with, I'm, I'm equating it with priority. And now it's my family. And so uh, when I'm with my family, I I cannot be free roaming and do whatever I want and go partying every night. I might feel the temptation, but I say no, that is not my priority, and I would see it as an anchor. So it's it's it depends. I agree with you. The negativity we we need to get rid of, but there are certain things that should kind of hold us accountable and to the ground. Um, I talked to a Zen master, and she and, and I mentioned to her, "Well, the sky's not the limit. We can go beyond that." And then she said, "No, no, that's wrong." And it's like we have to have uh, ourselves grounded as well, because otherwise we're just like floating in, in air and there's no connection with our lives. So I like to think of like, yes, our feet grounded, but our heads in the sky. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's all in context. So it's, yes. it's basically how you feel about it. You know, so for me, when I talk about dissolving the anchor and letting myself be free, it doesn't mean that I'm just like oblivious to everything happening in life and I'm floating above everything mm -hmm. and, and just living carelessly. Mm -hmm. No, it just means that I'm at a place where I'm able to release anything that is hurting me. So then I can freely be true to who I am and of course be accountable for the decisions I make in my life. So yes, it, like you said, you know, being a parent, you have to, you know, do certain things for your kids. Mm -hmm. And that is definitely true. I mean, you don't want to be like, oh, I'm free. So I'm going to like never be home and, and I'm not going to be involved in my, my children's life. So it's more about being yourself, being true to who you are, being loving to yourself, loving to those around you, whatever it is that can bring more happiness and joy. But obviously, definitely you want to do this in a respectful way, in a way that's going to, you know, cause more good and instead of harm. So it's definitely how you look at it and being mm -hmm. free. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's your interpretation of what freedom looks like to you. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. So, and it's, uh, um, sometimes it's also misunderstanding. And so I think when you're in a relationship with somebody, it you shouldn't feel bound in a way that yeah. constricted or restricted. If both of you are yourselves, what you're doing is you're transcending both yourselves and you have the, the third person, which is your relationship. And then if it comes with kids, even bigger than that. So I think, the the misconception of what what freedom or liberty is in many ways is something that is at the at the core of, of today's society it's mm -hmm. people are not fully aware and people who say they are free i think they are actually more enslaved than than others who who don't say it you know so it's 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 there's a lot of confusion there and i think um uh, it's important to step back and kind of really think about it and also what many people just repeat is like, do you really believe what you're saying? You know, kind of like analyze it. Are you just repeating what others are saying or you heard on the news or this uh, um, um, a politician said this or you have like this, this, uh, this priest or anybody who said these? Are you just repeating those words or is that 
really what you truly believe. And I don't think people take the time to actually evaluate that and examine that. What are their yeah. beliefs really? Mm -hmm. You know, it, when someone you respect is saying certain things, some of us, you know, you'll, you'll take that in and you'll, you'll just accept it as truth. And then that becomes your reality. And so now you're saying it and you're doing whatever actions that are going to reflect that you believe that and, and follow along with it. And so, yeah, it's important to realize when, when someone says something like, how does that, how does that hit your spirit? You know, how do you, how do you really truly feel about it? Because just because you respect that person or you love that person, whoever it is, doesn't mean that you have to agree with everything they say. It doesn't mean you have to accept everything that they do. It is okay to be able to have that respect for someone to love someone while still being authentic to who you are and, and still, you know, being true to yourself. And yeah, I, I think that is something that we need to be aware of. Are we truly honestly believing all that we're hearing from someone that we believe in? Or, you know, do we feel like we have to follow it for some reason? You know, so I, I think it's like, yeah, we need to think about that. Like, how do we really feel about what's being said and what's being done because of what we believe? Mm -hmm, exactly. And I think in, in, in many cases also like religions are kind of restrictive. And when, when I hear like, you can't do this and this in a, in, in a place and I say, okay, that's, that's taking away my freedom, you know, and uh, uh, not being able to drink coffee. I, I can't do that. And I don't want to do that. I love mm -hmm. coffee. Right. So it's, it's, it's those kind of things that we really have to think about too. It's like, is what is really my priority? And if, if, if you're okay with it, if that's what you really want, I think it's fine. I mean, I'm not telling people what to believe or think, mm -hmm. but is it really? And that kind of look in the mirror and being honest. And also the, the other thing I'd like to mention is also stepping outside of your comfort zone, because we are, when we're just surrounded by the people who like us and people who agree with us, our echo chambers, uh, then it's like, okay, well, you don't see the outside world and you're kind of stuck, actually. You're not free at mm -hmm. all because you are stuck in a, in a worldview that is very limited in that case. Yeah, I, I think it's good to be around people who you don't have the same belief system with or, um, you know, what, even if it's certain thoughts or whatever, because you're allowing yourself to be open to being understanding to why they believe what they believe. It doesn't mean that you have to then take on that belief as well, but just be like, okay, we have these beliefs. They may not be the same or they may not be similar or whatever, but I, I still respect you as a human being. You know, like it's okay to be able to love someone who's not like you and, and that, that means you know, like being able to appreciate other things and other people that doesn't devalue who you are, what you believe or how you think, and it doesn't take away from you. So yeah, I think it's important to be aware of like, not all of us are going to think the same. If it's not harmful, then why not be okay with being able to accept that we don't think the same, but when it is harmful, then that's different. Then that's when it's just like, what are you going to do then? At that point, are you going to maybe distance yourself from that person or, or what can you do? Because there are ways that we can't think that are harmful. So yeah, it is important to be able to accept each other for who we are. But when it comes to a place of when it's, it's harming someone else's livelihood, someone else's safety, then that's when that needs to be addressed. So absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk a bit also about Love Mark. So um, when did you um, start uh, your company? You're the CEO and founder mm -hmm. of it. And yeah. um, when and why did you start uh, your, your company? So I started it four years ago, but the, the work that I've been doing is something that I've been doing off and on since I graduated high school, actually. I uh, have always been a part of uh, certain programs, whether it was plays dealing with, um, you know, life challenges and 
you know, sharing poetry that dealt with, you know, your self-esteem or your, your identity, or whether I was creating videos or being a part of workshops that was about how we can have humanizing perceptions of each other. So I was always a part of that stuff off and on over the years. And I realized this is actually what I want to do for my life. Like, why did I keep doing this on the side? <laughs> so I realized, you know, this is what makes me happy. I want people to value themselves. I want people to be able to value other people. And I wanted to just have that be my life. And so I started Love Mark four years ago because I wanted to, to bring us together. And I, and I wanted to do what I can to help people to not hurt. Like I just, there's so much hurt. There's, there's so many people out there who, who don't think they matter, who are lonely, who, who are using certain means to escape and to avoid, whether it's you know going to alcohol or drugs or whether it's self-harm or like there, there's just so many things that people are doing because they're in a place of pain. And um, I just, people also, you know, attempting suicide or, or dying by suicide. Like I, I wanna do what I can to help people to realize what they can do to end their pain, not their life and what they can do to manage certain adversities that are happening or overcome certain adversities just to help people to, to be happy and to, to enjoy life the best way they can. And then when it came, the reason why I also do diversity, equity, inclusion training is because of all this division, all this hatred, all of this, it's, it's just, it's really the anchor so thick and it's, it's hard. And so I, I just wanted to also focus on what we can do to actually be aware of why we have these views of social identities to begin with and how that's affecting the way that we interact with each other. And, and it's the same thing as when you're working on yourself, when you're aware of what's causing you to believe what you believe about yourself, so you can resolve those issues. Same when you're working on how you feel about other people and, and the way you value them or don't value them and why you put people at certain levels of, of how you value them. So I just wanted to make sure that I could do what I could so we can have these humanizing perceptions of each other and treat each other with respect and with kindness and anything that I could do to try and minimize this division, it just keeps growing. And, and I know that the news is constantly showing it. And unfortunately we believe that that's the way everything is because the news constantly shows it 24 seven, but I, we've got to start realizing that there's some greatness out there. There's some great people out there. There's a lot of people who want to come together. There's a lot of people who are bringing joy in other people's lives. We got to start looking at that stuff too, because what we focus on increases. So I just, I just want to do what I can to bring joy. <laughs> that's wonderful. Yeah, that's wonderful. And so it's, it's really, we see like aspects of people, but it doesn't mean that's the whole thing. And yeah. we, we're kind of prejudging and many people as well. So you might just based on political beliefs or the religion or, or the race or anything. And, 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 and I, that, that's really harmful because I, I, I watched a program, a documentary about um, 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 inmates and um, I was kind of shocked also to realize, like, why are we judging a person by the worst decision in their life or the worst mistakes? And that's yeah. it. And giving, giving a lot of them, I mean, there are some, some horrible people there who belong there, and that's fine. I mean, of course. But there are others who just, you know, they just were on the wrong path. They didn't know what they were doing. Why not give uh, these humanize it, as you say, and give them mm -hmm. a, a chance to to break out of it? And and there are all these programs, too, that they have with like meditation and mindfulness in, in, in those areas. And, and they uh, then they change and they realize yeah. the hurt that they've caused. And I think we need more of that, too, and not 
quickly jumping to conclusions. And, yeah. and it, it doesn't matter what your political beliefs are and so on. Just, just kind of don't like block off or don't, don't be angry immediately. Just kind of look at the person and say, okay, these are things I disagree with and that's fine, but there are probably a lot of things I agree with. But at the same time, it's so comforting to have somebody like you finding like-minded individuals where you say, I'm not alone with the way I think about the world and the way I feel. Because when I look, it's like you have it like black and white. You choose this side or this side. And it's like, no, in reality, we're mostly we are living in the gray area and we can all combine and get together and unite in that area where we're just human beings and right. we make mistakes and we change our minds. Whenever I'm like absolutely sure about something, I was like, well, maybe something will happen and I'll change my mind. So how can you be absolutely sure and dedicated to one thing? And then it might not be what you're looking for, or what really resonates with you later on. So that kind of like putting people in compartments or just seeing one aspect and assuming the rest is the same, I think it's, it's causing a lot of harm. I agree. You know, First, I, I want to mention when you were talking about people who have been incarcerated, they are actually my favorite group to work with. I mean, of course, I love working with everybody, but when I was, um, and I want to continue doing these programs, there's, there's so many things I'm involved with at different times, but um, for a couple of years, I was doing programs, and it was um, pretty much focused on self-empowerment, but I also saw it as recidivism prevention, where they, they come in, and they're ready to, like, what can can I do to make my life better? What can I do to change things? And when I'm working with them, it's just so great for them to, to see that aha moments and understand why they've made decisions that they've made, what got them to making those decisions. And what people need to understand is people who are formerly incarcerated or people who are currently incarcerated, they are still human beings and they made a certain decision for a reason. You have no idea what their life was like for why they made certain choices or what they were going through or what's going on with their mental health or, or whatever. There's so many factors involved. Same as what's shaped you to who you are, same as why they've done things that they've done. Um, so yeah, I love working with them and, and having them being able to understand why they've done what they've done and what they can do to make other choices that are going to be healthy for them in their life moving forward. Um, so anyway, I just I definitely want to share that. And then when we talk about the way we see people. Um, part of what I do, depending on the workshop I'm doing or who I'm working with, is, is I'll show these trees. And I'll show the trees at different moments. So, you know, with different seasons, you know, fall, winter, summer, spring, whatever, the trees or they're gonna look different depending on the season. And so I'll have people share like, how would you describe this tree? Like, how, what adjectives would you use? How, what, what do you think when you see this tree? So I'll show all the different trees. And then everyone has different um, descriptions for the tree. And so that shows how we, it's how we interpret it. It's not about what it is, it's about how we see it. And so when we are doing that to people, when we see people a certain way, and, with trees, like you could see a tree at one point in your life. And you, what if you never saw a tree before and you think that is what a tree always is. This is how I see it and it's always this way, but not realizing that it changes during the season. Same with people. We're not always gonna be the same. Sometimes we're adaptable and we change or we, we're a certain way, a certain day, or there's certain things that we're going through certain things. And so we, we have different seasons as well. So it's about realizing that there's more to a person's story. They're not just always going to be how you think that they are, and they're not always what you think they are. So it's about being able to understand people for who they are and not see them for who you expect or, or only hear and see what you expect. So give people a chance to really get to know them and, and see the different levels of, and ways that they change in their life. 
I really like that. I really like the examples you're giving. And I think the, the main thing is though being uh, positive and it's not like uh, rejecting things or not realizing like also being in touch with like our own dark impulses, but overall being positive with life because it's things will work out in the end. And I, I've experienced that too, where I, where I think the worst, the worst will happen. And we are in a stage where like pretty much it's, it's kind of the worst thing that could happen. But at the same time, and you mentioned that earlier, there's so much good there as well. There's so much uh, support. There's so much love, so much care. And if we can take that attitude, it's like, okay, things are tough right now at this moment. It might be tough for another month or another year, but it's not gonna stay this way. This is temporary. And so when, when people just give up, I think, or when, when people worse commit suicide, I think, you know, you, you, this is like a permanent thing for a, something, a permanent solution for something that is actually temporary and just hang in there, you know, and, and have hope. And uh, we all go through those uh, moments, but it's like things will work out. And I, I found that in many ways where like things look bad but then in the end there's like this surprise twist and all of a sudden everything turns turns good and just having that faith of like in 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 life or in in god or in the universe or whatever you you have but it's like that kind of positivity we need that kind of faith and it's it's not a blind faith it's just a faith that it's like knowing everything is going to be all right and we're missing that we just block ourselves with a lot of negative viewpoints or worrying about things. Just to be a, give an example, I, 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 I teach in my classes and I think, okay, this was terrible. Or job interview, actually even better. I think this, I just bombed it. It was horrible. I'm not getting the job. And the next day I get the phone call and say, you were great. You got the job. So not to defeat ourselves with negative thinking is, is what I'm getting at here. Yeah. Yeah. Um so I, I do want to mention, I, I am so glad that you brought this up when you say, you know, just don't give up and, and have faith and everything. I, I definitely want to make sure that I share this. When you are someone who is dealing with depression and or suicidal ideation, or let me just even focus on like suicidal ideation part, because you're talking about don't give up and mm -hmm. um, you mentioned die, dying by suicide. Um, when you are in that place, you don't feel there's any way out. You feel like there's nothing more within you to give and life is never going to change. This is how it's always going to be. And you see no way out and you feel like, you know, people won't care if you're here anyway. It, it, it won't matter if you're gone. There's so many things that you go through. And when you're at that place where you're in the thickest of your pain and there's no way of describing it. I mean, you could think about the worst moment in your life and, and <clears throat> sorry, you can think about the worst moment in your life and how you felt at that moment. And just imagine that constantly being the way you feel every single day and having that grow and you see no way out and, there, and it's taken everything out of you to even just get out of bed and, and you just can't take it anymore. So when you get to that point, you just feel like there is nothing left to give and this is my only way out. So I, I want people to understand that when people do die by suicide or when people attempt suicide, that doesn't mean they're weak. It doesn't mean that they're being selfish. It doesn't mean that any, anything that we are doing to, to judge that person or make them feel guilty for what they've done or how they're feeling or whatever, it's, it's just, a, it's such a horrible place to be. And I never want anyone to feel that way um, and, and want to do what I can to help them get out of that. But when you're there, it's, 
it's the worst feeling in the world and, it, and it's hard to get out of it and you feel that's the only way. And so it's not that easy to get to a point where you're like, okay, wait, let me not end my life. Let me figure out how I can end my pain. So for me, I finally, the reason why I'm able to continue to be more consistently happy in life is because yes, I still experience pain. I still have moments I don't want to get out of bed. I still have issues that I got to deal with, whatever. Like I, I'm, my life's not perfect. I'm not always blissfully happy. Um, but now I've realized what I have within me to keep saying no to that bullet, no to the bottle of pills, no to that razor blade and no to that goodbye letter. Like I finally figured out what I can do to keep seeing tomorrow. But it took me a long time to get here. And it, it's, you know, it's always, it's work. You know, so I just, I just wanted to make sure that I shared that so people understood. Yes, absolutely. It's work and uh, everything, working on yourself, working on your relationships. It, it's work, dedication, effort. I completely agree with you. But my point is also to like, there is agency and that you have minimal control, whatever little control it is, there is a moment of control that you have and seize that and make it grow and empower yourself so that you don't fall into 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 that abyss. And I, I, it's, it's much harder uh, um, said than done, you know, but um, I, I think that is so important. Um, one one show that I always think of, it's a, it's a wonderful life. And it's it's such a like Christmas movie, but then it's, you you think of it, it's like, what would my life be if I wasn't around? What would life be if I wasn't around? And and he says it's like horrible. And and if if we if we do that as kind of like one of the experiments, and you just take yourself out of the equation, and you think, oh my God, no, I am so glad. This is like such a precious gift to be here. And he, that kind of like gratitude for life, I think we should always carry within us, even in those really dark moments. Try to to make it grow, try to keep that spark and that agency. It's like, okay, it's terrible, but there is some little bit control. It might be just, okay, I will not, uh, for five minutes, I will not smoke. And then I will smoke, but then you can grow those five to 10 minutes and 20 minutes, that, that kind of like step-by-step -step approach, but absolutely it's a lot of work, but it is again, so worth it. And you, you don't want to miss out on that. Because the, the, the happiness you get when you feel um, at peace with yourself, uh, when you are joyful, blissful, it, it has no words. And it just like really opens your eyes. And uh, many things I thought um, I, uh, years ago, I thought, oh, yes, I am happy now. I was deluded and I wasn't because there's always something nagging at me. But when I'm seeing it now, it's a different experience. And and in a way, it's like, you know, it's, it's, it's really important to move on, to move on and, and, and never stop. I think that is something that is extremely important, hard to do, harder on some days than others, but absolutely, absolutely important and necessary. And there is a lot of good. And we have to keep that in mind, despite all the negativity. There is so much good within us and, with, uh, and, and in others as well. And really trying to um, get in touch with that. So to change it from, let's say, dysphoria to euphoria, and that is, I think, I think the goal that um, uh, we should have. And um, thank you so much for agreeing to this interview and uh, being open about your experiences, about your book, about your company. I, I really wish you the very best and just thank you for doing what you're doing and for helping others. It's really appreciated. Well, thank, thank you, so, you much. so much for having me on the show. I appreciated our conversation. And uh, yeah, um, I look forward to seeing the show when you air it and sharing it on my platforms. For sure. Thanks so much. Mm -hmm.